Many people in the field of Bible prophecy are spending a lot of time these days talking about two rather esoteric topics, namely UFOs and the Nephilim. Is this just sensationalism, or do these topics deserve legitimate consideration? Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have one of our favorite Bible prophecy speakers in the studio with us today. He is Billy Crone. He's the pastor of Sunrise Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada, and founder of Get a Life Ministries. Billy became an overnight sensation in the field of Bible prophecy when he started posting his dynamic sermons on the internet. He has been our guest several times before, and we're delighted to have him back with us again. Welcome to Christ in Prophecy, brother. Thank you, Dr. Reagan. Thank you, Nathan. Hey, good to be Billy, back. Billy, uh, one of my pet peeves is the way in which uh, people use Bible prophecy as a playground. Yeah. For fanatics. Yeah. And because of that, most pastors hold Bible prophecy, I think, in uh, they just consider it to be that, a playground for fanatics. And, yeah. and your seminary professors have written it off as just nonsense. And um, there's so many examples of it the blood moons, the alignment of the planets, the Mayan calendar. It goes on and on. I, I remember Y2K in particular. Oh, yeah. We had two of the best known people in the field of Bible prophecy. Trying to say the world was going to come to an end. One said, "Sell everything you got. Go to Idaho. Get a bunker. Get you a machine gun. Get all the uh, materials you can. Water and so forth, yeah. because it's all going to come to an end." Another, one of the best-known names, wrote a whole book about Y2K and how it's going to impact and and result in the rise of the Antichrist. Yeah. He had a list of 100 items that would be ruined on the day. Of, of Y2K. One of them being the toaster. And I thought to my, my toaster doesn't <laughs> ca care what day it is. It, my toaster doesn't have any care, concern about yeah. that. But that was the kind of nonsense that was going on. Finally, we got so many requests that in 1998 I sat down, did a lot of research, wrote a major article about it in which I said it has no prophetic significance. And number two, it's not going to impact society. Right. Next day, next year in 1999, a guy calls me from from Tyler, Texas. Says I'm yeah. putting together a big conference on Y2K. Want you to be one of the speakers. Yeah. I said, Do you know my position? He said, What? I said, Has no prophetic significance and it's not going to have any impact. There was a long pause, and he said, I think we'll get another speaker, because he wanted something sensational. Some sensational. What is yeah. your response to that? Well, I think it's it's, it's bad enough, like you said, the uh, pastors uh, don't want to teach on prophecy, which again, I, I'm sorry. You're looking for an excuse because as a pastor, I are one, so I'll say this. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, you're a hireling. You need and you're to put the third of God's right, word, word on the You're shelf. deliberately saying, Oh, I love you as a shepherd, as a church. I love you so much. I'm deliberately going to skip over one third of this book. <laughs> I don't know so how you can do that. I don't know. But again, what is unfortunate is the, the sensationalism just gives a, yet another excuse, albeit false, for these guys to say, Oh, see, that's why I shouldn't teach on it. That's unfortunate. It's still no excuse, but it's unfortunate. You mentioned the YT. UK. Boy, that didn't help anything. And not just for the pastors. What a witness. How many times do these guys come up and they, they, the blood moons and all this stuff and and, they, and, and the Lord's going to return here or the rounds of the church here when we don't know the day nor the hour. The Scripture is so plain about that. I don't care how many math degrees you got. I don't care how long you've been staring at that star chart. Okay, you are not going to know. 
I don't care how many calculators you own. Nobody's going to know. But see, it, and sure enough, it comes and it doesn't happen because you don't know. And then, and then the lost scoffs again. And it's, it's like the, the unfortunate uh, eschatological, the boy who cried wolf. It's like, how many times are you Christians going to say this, blah, blah, blah. We have so many who are trying to identify the uh, Antichrist. He's under every rock. And anybody yeah. they don't like is the Antichrist. Yeah, well, that one, that's another hot topic. I remember in Bible college, he said, Ronald uh, uh, Reagan's Reagan. the Antichrist. Why? Well, Ronald Wilson Reagan. Six. Six, six, six. six. If you count up the letters, oh, it's like, come on. Well, Billy, we get people all the time saying, the Bible just isn't enough. I have know everything there is to know about Bible prophecy. And I need more. And we get that criticism a lot. Do we need more? Well, when somebody says that, uh, basically you're actually discounting the Bible. The Bible says everything we need for life and godliness is right there. So right. you don't need more. Everything you need is right there. I even one. a guy one time wrote me and said, well, The problem with your ministry is it's boring because you don't do anything <laughs> sensational. He, yeah. And I, I really might say, I can't think of anything more sensational than the promises that God has yeah. made oh, about yes. the future. Yeah. Just read the book of Revelation. It's not sensational enough. Well, Nathan, yeah. hit him with the current topic. All right. We have two subjects we wanted to cover here. Uh -huh. Particularly, let's talk about UFOs because you've done a lot of research yes. into UFOs. And then I hear people say, well, Billy Crone, he's really into UFOs and space aliens and stuff like that. But that's not really true. Could you explain why you approach UFOs? Well, number one is that's part of my background. I was involved in the occult and New Age. Before and you were saved. Before I was saved. And then, of course, in New Age, one of the big things is UFOs. And, and the lie that's going on around that. And uh, we did a 10-hour documentary uh, outside of Vegas, actually outside of Area 51, which is two and a half hours uh, from Vegas. So we were out there oh, in the desert, and that's where okay. we shot the documentary. But it's called UFOs, The, La uh, the Great Last Day's Deception. And uh, I, there's a lot of sensationalism going on, and but there's a lot of deception going on with that topic. I think it's a topic that we, the church, do need to get equipped on. Uh, because uh, the Scripture, I believe, gives us the answer, number one. But number two, whether we realize or not, our world is enthralled with that topic. And uh, right now, just current stats, and this is in the United States of America, more people believe in the United States of America in the existence of UFOs and aliens than they do in the existence of God. Oh, that's and tragic. more people in the United States of America believe that aliens have visited planet Earth than Jesus is the Son of God. And they're saying that UFOology, because of Hollywood and this whole topic is, you know, promoting this and the lie of evolution, uh, is they're saying this has become, UFOlogy is the new religion of the 21st century in our own country where they believe that aliens are, are going to save them, not God. I mean, haven't you watched Star Trek or Star Wars? And it's all, and so, so like it, lump it, leave it or not, I like to say, we need to deal with this because our world's being led astray. And plus the Scripture says we are to give a defense for the hope that lies within okay, us. Okay, do it from a biblical viewpoint. From a biblical perspective, number one, you know that there's something deceptive going on because the very nature and the whole premise of UFOs is built on a lie. It's called the lie of evolution. And when these things supposedly show up, they say, we're aliens, a higher evolved race. Stop right there. Evolved, <laughs> wait yeah. a second, evolved evolution, evolution is not true. We, yeah. We've got a 42-week study called The Witness of Creation, if you want to go down deep on exposing the lies of evolution. We came from God. We didn't come from the goo to the zoo to me and you. We came from God, right? But <laughs> the whole premise, their whole identity when they supposedly show up on the scene is a lie. Now go back to the Scripture, John chapter 8. What's Jesus say? Satan's not only a murderer, and he's been one from the beginning. He's a liar, and he's the father of all lies. So that tells you right out of the gates you're being deceptive. The other thing too is they say, well, we're here to give you this incredible message, and supposedly we came all the way across the universe to give you this important information. And when you look at what they are, quote, sharing, 
It's all debunking Jesus, the Bible, and God, and salvation. They say that there is no such thing as sin. They say that uh, uh, we need to combine it into a one-world religion, a one-world government, I kid you not, and we need to follow a one-world ruler or we're going to be destroyed. They say that we need to worship Mother Earth. They say that, listen, I'm not joking, they actually have the audacity to say that Satan is a good guy uh-huh. who's actually come to free us. Now, excuse me, that's demonic. That's a deception. That's a lie. Then they say in order to get these messages... You have to let us take over your vocal cords, right, and speak through you, these messages you... Whoa, 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 stop right there. You're supposed to be this higher evolved, technologically advanced race, much more scientific than us. That's how you got here, wink, wink, right? And then, but you can't communicate to me through... How about just send me a a text message or call me on my phone or... I'll I'll even take an old handwritten letter. Why do you have to take over my vocal cords and speak through me? Folks, that's demonic possession, Yes. That's what demons do. And again, it's stacking up. The other wild thing, too, is we document this, uh, is there is uh, one way on record that if these critters do happen to show up, uh, that uh, which I believe most of people's reports, honestly, got a lot of friends in the military, especially with some of our documentaries and our contacts. Most of the things that people see, I am firmly convinced, is experimental aircraft from governments around the world and or it's just your hopeful wishes. You want it to be, uh, you know, an, an alien. No, it's not. It's, it is something that's atmospheric or it's just a blinky light from an airplane you just want it to be. But I think the bulk of it is explained by natural uh, experiences. But I think there is an element that, no, we need to take a look at what's going on there. But back there, when these things come in or around or whatever, uh, there is one way, and these are from secular UFOologists. So you can't say, well, you Christians are always going to blame everything on the devil. Secular guys are, are saying that there's one way to get rid of them 100% of the time. Listen, it's when you command them in the name of Jesus Christ to wow. flee, they flee instantly. One lady I actually interviewed from Oregon that had this uh, uh, encounter, she said when she did that, they not only fleed out of there, they, were, they fleed out of there so fast they were tripping over each other. And, you know, that's take it for what it is. But I'm going like, wait a second, that's, that's who, who, who flees in the name of Jesus? That's a demon. And it wasn't the name of Muhammad or Buddha or oh, the great no. confused yeah, one. Yeah. Confused. It's just the name of Jesus. Oh, come on. Now, where is it leading? That's why we entitled it UFOs, the Great Last Days Deception. It's leading to the last day's deception. In order to fall for the lie of UFOs, you have to first fall for the lie of evolution. So this tells you how slowly, methodically the enemy's been setting the planet up for this one. Started back in the 1850s with Charles Darwin. Now it's permeated the planet with evolution. Number two, with the help of Hollywood, they're glamorizing aliens and UFOs, and everybody knows that there's aliens and all that stuff, and you're a wacko for not believing in this stuff. And it's leading to somewhere. And I remember this back when I was, before I was saved in New Age, and I had these so-called channel messages from these space aliens, right? It's all demonic. And they're actually, and we quote them, they're actually preparing the way to explain away the rapture of the church. Now think about that, Dr. Reagan. The rapture of the church is true. The Bible talks about that. But put yourself, if you will, in the enemy's shoes. Here's an event that around the globe, there's going to be millions of people disappearing all over the planet instantaneously, and specifically in only Christians. Man, you can't can't spin that baby, right? You can't hide that thing. So you better come up with some good excuse. Think about how slowly, methodically the enemy's prepared the lie is from evolution, 1850, Hollywood now. You tell me all somebody's got to do is get up on the world scene, maybe somebody even like the Pope to try to reassure people. Just want to let you know, 
You're right, the government's been hiding this truth from you. UFOs, aliens are real. And see, that's why those people disappeared. It was the aliens. They beamed them up to their ships. Isn't that the central tenet, though, of the New Age, that when Maitreya returns after Christians have been taken off this planet so that humanity can evolve to their true states? And that's the other lie. It not okay. only is it very convenient, and dare I say, think about how much UFOs have permeated the mindset of people. They're going to fall for that lie lickety-split, number one. Number two... The backhand of that is they're also already saying, for those of you who are left behind, don't worry, ha, ha, ha. They actually turn being left behind, being in, as Jesus said, the seven-year tribulation, the worst time in the history of mankind. They say, no, it's a blessing. You're a chosen one. And now you get to be a part of the age of utopia as we now rebuild the planet in this wonderful time of peace. Which is kind of crazy because the, the event that starts the seven year tribulation, the Antichrist, Daniel 9 27, Revelation 6 1, the white horse rider, it starts in a false peace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so people go, yeah, this is true. Look, he, he, was, he made a deal in the Middle East that nobody could do. It's amazing. And we got peace on the planet. Everybody's come together, religions, government. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And no, you just found yourself left behind in the seven year tribulation. <laughs> and it wasn't UFOs that sucked those people up. That was Jesus Christ coming back to get his bride. Some people tend to believe that the Antichrist might claim that he is an alien. I don't know where they get that, but. Well, you got some people that say the Antichrist is a Muslim. It's like, what? <laughs> what Bible are you reading on that one? Yeah. So, but yeah, it's unfortunate. But again, I think it's a topic you got to be careful because people sensationalize it and it leads people astray. But I think it warrants our attention stick with the Bible. I'm convinced the Bible, believe it or not, even gives us a great opportunity to witness to the lost. They're enthralled with UFOs and aliens. And to me, it's a fantastic way to share the gospel with them. Well, I very much appreciate your, uh, your uh, insight on this because I think you're right, I think you're right on target that it's pre preparing people for the rapture. Yep. And a great explanation, because there's going to be all kinds of explanations, but that's certainly going to be one that I think the public will be willing to accept. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially in a time of crisis. I mean, a time of crisis, especially on that scale, we're going to gravitate, human nature is to gravitate towards any lame excuse just to maintain sanity. And this isn't a lame excuse. This one is ripe for the world to fall for. Hi, I'm Tim Moore. Many of you watching the Christ in Prophecy television show have been blessed by the teachings and information we've presented for years. Did you know that Lamb & Lion Ministries also produces a bi-monthly magazine called The Lamplighter? Every other month we publish a magazine filled with articles related to Bible prophecy. We highlight cultural trends and make observations about the current events of the day to point people to our soon returning King, Jesus Christ. If you become a Prophecy Partner, you'll receive the magazine automatically. If you're not a Prophecy Partner, you can receive the electronic version of our magazine at no cost. Or we'll be glad to mail a print edition to your home in the U.S. for an annual donation of only $25. Just call the number on the screen or go to ChristinProphecy.org to learn more. You know, Psalm 119.105 says, God's Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I hope you'll consider receiving the magazine that will shine the light of God's prophetic Word into your life. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our interview with Bible prophecy expert Billy Crown. All right, Billy, beautifully covered UFOs. Let's talk about the second sensationalist topic, Nephilim. Aha. Uh -huh. Tell Is us that about really the, in the Bible. 
I'm pretty sure back in Genesis. Yeah. Start off by just right. who? What are we talking about? Yeah, here? What well, are Nephilim? Well, well, let's let's go. What a concept. Let's read the Bible. Hey, okay. <laughs> sounds good to me. So, let's go. Teach Genesis us about the six says this: When uh, men began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God, which uh, would take would be you know angels, obviously fallen angels, saw that the daughters of men were beautiful. They married any of them they chose. And then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal. In his, day, his days will be 120 years, and the Nephilim, so there it is, it's a biblical word, were on the earth in those days and also afterward, when the, when the what? When the sons of God, again fallen angels, went to the daughters of men and had children by them. And they were heroes of old and men of renown. So guess what? Keep reading, there's punishment for what went on. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. And the Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I'm going to wipe mankind, whom I created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground, the birds of the air, for I'm grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So in the Genesis account, prior to the flood, God's time when he, you know, before he, the first time he judged the whole planet, uh, there were some weird things going on. And certainly there was general wickedness, but there was also another kind of wickedness going on uh, with the sons of God. And again, I would say fallen angels. And there were. Yeah, that was a term for, for angels back in the time, yeah. sons of God. You say Nephilim, my interpretation says giants. Are we talking about people that are, how tall are we talking about? Well, and that, and that, well, here, here comes your sensationalism. I've heard people say, and it's like, how can you prove that? Some, these were 30, 50 feet tall. It's like, oh, I think you're going a little bit into mythology on that aspect for your proof. Okay. Uh, but the word there uh, in the Hebrew does mean literally giant. You know, giant or fallen ones and things of that nature. So nine, ten, eleven feet uh, tall, it, maybe. It, pretty big, and and uh, certainly uh, to the point where it's abnormal. You know, some people want to say that. Uh, well, this is just a, a the, it's not a fallen angel because that's just too creepy uh, to try to picture uh, that kind of intermingling. Uh, this is just from the line of Seth. Well, Seth was just a human, and since when do humans with humans produce something abnormal like this? So, so yeah. something it's something unnatural. Is going on. Plus, I think it adds to the severity of the judgment of the flood, right? Well, when we read that Jesus says that angels aren't married or given in marriage, would it indicate that they don't reproduce and they're sexless? So, how can angels then marry women? Were they possessing people, men, and therefore their offspring well, became and, giants? And that, that is the, the, the one uh, aspect of the argument. Now, first of all, they say angels in heaven. Well, these, I would say, are fallen angels. Fallen angels, definitely. So there's that aspect too. Plus, in the Hebrew, uh, it oftentimes is translated married, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. You know, basically took these women and things of that nature. So does that really mean that they went through a marriage ceremony? You know, I think that's... Well, marriage is a word that really... It's for sex, right? Is well, what they were saying. Well, when you get married, this your that, to, yeah, the two words are the same in the Bible. Of that nature, uh, but to me, it adds the severity of the judgment because you think about it. I mean, we're we're, we're the next judgment coming is the seven-year tribulation, and that's going to be bad. And Jesus did say it's going to be the worst time in the history of mankind. But the seven-year tribulation, uh, the planet's going to be completely ravaged by God's wrath for seven years nonstop. You got the flood, right? The flood, whew, the whole planet's wiped out, uh, except for Noah, eight people and the animals that God brought to the ark. And man, that's a serious, why are you wiping out the whole planet and hitting a restart button? You know, something, something was going on there. Well, let me ask you something that's directly related to that. It seems to me that God did the flood because of, uh, people had become so unrighteous and probably also to destroy these Nephilim. Absolutely. And yet, I turn over to Numbers yeah. chapter uh, 13 and verse 33, and when they sent the spies into the land, they come back and say, we saw Nephilim. The sons of Anak are a part of the Nephilim, and we became like grasshoppers in their sight. Mm -hmm. What are they doing back on earth? 
Well, I, I take a different approach. Some people would say that's uh, a, a second time that these fallen angels uh, went and did this deed. And I'm going, yeah. and this is just my opinion. I don't really buy that, and that's because of a couple I other passages either. of Scripture that tell us that this was so wicked that, that God gave them a special punishment. Yeah. And that punishment is they are, a special they, place. they are bound right there, and this is Second Peter 2, right. for if God did not spare the angels when they sent, and I that's believe he's right. talking about this Genesis account, but sent them to hell or Tartarus, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment. Yes. Right? So, so that's where they are. And then you also see this in Jude. Uh, Jude 6 says, And the angels, I would say again fallen angels, who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their own home, these He, God, has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. So are they just using this term then to refer to large people, well, tall people, something? Yeah, two things. Most people, uh, or at least what I would take from that is, I don't believe that there was a second time that this happened because God yeah. locked them up, the yeah. ones that did that. Uh, there are still demons that we have to deal with on the planet, spiritual warfare, we know that. But these that were guilty of this, God says, boy, that's it, man, you're going down. Uh, and you're, you're, you're stuck in these dumb, uh, dungeons and you ain't getting out. So it's, we're talking genetic giants during David's Well, and time. here's the other aspect, and we bring this out in our 42 week study on creation versus evolution. 42. Yeah, okay. who's counting? I am. <laughs> but uh, we have 12 studies is a study we did called In the Days of Noah. And Fantastic. I went down deep on this. Fantastic. And there was a, and I'm convinced uh, based on the evidence and the biblical evidence and certainly the archaeological evidence that there was a second thing that caused giantism uh, in the pre-flood days. And that was the pre-flood atmosphere that we know originally had doubled the air pressure, increased oxygen content, and you got basically a greenhouse effect. And some of the experiments today, they, when they replicate that, it produces giantism. And, and so I think that uh, very well, it could be that Noah and his family, not involved with the Nephilim aspect, but they're lit survivors of being in that atmosphere where everything got big. Now, the Nephilim, I think, were abnormally large. And, and, and why would I, and, and so my point is, so then after they got off the uh, ark, and of course, Repopulate the planet. You still have some of that giantism in the DNA genetic pool of Adam's family, and so that explains. But it also explains over time why it just basically kind of petered out. Okay, well, let's get uh, and, very quickly to the more important topic now. Here, why are people talking about this in reference to the end times? Yeah, I'm not seeing Nephilim running around at all. Well, you know, again, I, I think it's a, a misconception of that. Okay, this is uh, uh, happening again. Uh, from a fallen angel perspective, and again, I would disagree with that. And uh, but also, uh, some people actually take this topic and go on a major detour. Uh, they would say that it's aliens that are doing this a second time, so they're oh. bringing. And, and we just dealt with the topic on UFOs, and and that's. I'm going. Why did you even bring in that element? Uh, first of all, those were fallen angels back in, when it happened that that time. Or transhumanism, right? That we are genetically trying to create superhumans? Well, and, and there is that aspect, but again, is that because of uh, fallen angels? Uh, you know, uh, there might be a, a disconnect there. But but my point is, the you don't need to go there. And I really think that people, and this has been my experience, Dr. Reagan, some people will approach these topics, and I think you do need to give a defense, and UFOs, Nephilim, because the Scripture t gives us the answer. And like the case of the Nephilim, the Scripture does talk about that. So we need to deal with that. But I really find that the average Joe today that really goes and just gets locked into this and th they don't read the rest of the Bible and they read the Bible for sensationalism and that becomes their spirituality. It's like, no, there's way more than that. Now, we do need to deal with it, 
but you you got you know that's all you got that's all you can see you got to get beyond that there's so much more but let me go back to the 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 uh pre-flood world okay not only am I convinced that Noah and his family might very well have been bigger, but this is also what we find in the fossil record, yes. which is the leftover remains of the flood. We find everything was big, right? And again, not the same thing as the They were living almost a thousand years. They had more time to they grow. They had that, but you also find in the fossil record, this explains why living in that pre-flood atmosphere that could produce giantism, we find beetles in that fossil record that were as big as baseball gloves. Oh, or sloths the size of elephants? Yes, that, that size. You also find cockroaches two feet long, uh, grasshoppers, Whoa, yeah. grasshoppers two I feet long. I couldn't handle that. You need bigger feet to step on right. them. Well, oh, get this one. Dragonflies with a five feet wingspan. Wow. Now imagine that thing hitting your windshield when you're going down the road. <laughs> but you in the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but everything was bigger. Animals got bigger. People got bigger. And again, I think that's the gene pool that explains the giants afterwards not necessarily that you had a second time that these fallen angels. And the reason why I hesitate from that conclusion is because the scripture interprets scripture and the scripture tells me when it did happen that first time, God put them guys forever in a dungeon and they ain't getting out, it ain't gonna happen again. Well, Billy, do you think that Nephilim play a role in the end times? Because we get to people, Jesus prophesied that it would be like the days of Noah and Lot entering into the tribulation, but that's a spiritual aspect. It doesn't mean that we're going to have giants running around, right? I, I, if, if, you want to, if you want to pare it down to just like, okay, there was some kind of a hybrid situation going on, right? And there's speculation, how did that happen? How did fallen angels do that and procreate and whatever? Um, but if you want to say, okay, is mankind being hybrided and stuff of that nature? If you want to look at it from a technology perspective, uh, that is being repeated uh, on the planet right now today with plants, animals, and people. Uh, with especially with the technology with CRISPR and things, humans are being modified, humans are being mixed with animals, and so there's some weird, yeah, freaky stuff going on. However, I don't believe that that's a second time of fallen angels being done. I think that was done, it's over, that, that ever. So if you wanted to reduce it down to a generality that is mankind not only just wicked, like it was in the days of Noah, I think we can agree on that, but is there some sort of a hybridization going on? With humanity, mm, I think you could make the case for that. But again, I don't believe it's as a result of fallen angels intermingling with women again. Well, Billy, I sense. really appreciate you giving us a biblical viewpoint on yeah. both of these. And as you say, you've written extensively about both of them. Yeah. And they are available at your website. And in a few moments, we're going to give you an opportunity to tell people how to, how they can contact you and also get these materials, these wonderful materials that you've developed. Yeah. And uh, I just praise God for the fact that you don't traffic in this kind of stuff, but you approach it from a biblical view. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy and our interview with Bible prophecy expert Billy Crone. Billy, can you tell folks how they can get these wonderful books on all we've talked about? Yeah, you can go to our teaching website, getalifemedia.com, or you can search for my name on the internet, Billy Crone, or you can download our app, again, search for Billy Crone, and that'll unlock the studies for you. Well, thanks again, brother, for being with us. Folks, that's our program for today. I hope it has been a blessing to you, and I hope the Lord willing that you'll be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. What will happen when you die? This monumental question is answered by Dr. David Reagan's book titled, Eternity, Heaven or Hell. Many other questions concerning the afterlife are answered in this easy to understand book based upon the clear teachings of the Bible. 
What about the resurrection and judgment? What will heaven be like? Is hell for real? Are there many roads to God? How can we be certain of life after death? Are you living with an eternal perspective? Many answers are provided to the most common questions people ask about life and death. And this book can be yours for a donation of $20 or more. This includes the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, or order online at lamblion.com. And while you're at it, consider ordering an extra copy for your pastor and church library. Lamb and Lion Ministries is a non-denominational faith ministry that depends upon your donations to keep this program on the air. Please consider making a donation today to assist us in our effort to proclaim the soon return of Jesus. Also consider becoming one of our prophecy partners. You can find the details about our prophecy partner program on our website at lamblion.com by clicking the donate button. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 